Can you give me some good news? How is God at work in the world today? Hey, this is Sheree at Bible Project. In this episode, Tim is teaching us about God's commitment to renew the world. We know this world is a mess, but God is on a mission to restore, and we are called to join Him. Following Tim's message, Michelle will read from Isaiah 61. And stay tuned, because at the end, we'll have some time to reflect and pray together. Listen in. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Mackey from The Bible Project. And if you are trying to read through the wonderful and complex and beautiful book of the prophet Isaiah, you eventually come uh, to chapter 61. The words of this chapter were very important to Jesus. In fact, he used them in his first public speech in Nazareth, where he launched his kingdom of God movement. And you can read the story about that in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. Jesus lived in a time when his homeland was occupied by the Roman Empire and his people, the Israelites, were deeply divided. Most people were very, very poor. You can imagine lots of Israelites wondering, where is our God who rescued our ancestors from the oppressors in Egypt so long ago? Where's the God who rescued us when Assyria and their empire came to attack? Is God doing anything? Will he do something like that again? And if God is going to do something like that, what should we be looking for? And Jesus responded to all of these very deep feelings among his people by using Isaiah chapter 61 to launch his movement. With these words, he describes what it looks like when the God of Israel shows up to do his thing in the world. He quotes the opening words saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to announce good news to the poor. That phrase, good news, uh, it comes from the Hebrew scriptures. It's usually about the arrival of a new or victorious ruler. And in the book of Isaiah, God's kingdom is going to be coming through a very different kind of ruler. It's a figure called the anointed one in Isaiah. Uh, It's also called the servant. And this person's mission is described in a whole network of poems in Isaiah chapters 40 to 55. We read about a leader who's going to represent Israel before the nations, but then allow himself to suffer and be killed for the sins of his own people. And because of this servant's faithfulness in surrendering his life for the failures of others, God's going to vindicate the servant and redeem him from the power of death and sin and sickness itself. And then, in the latter part of Isaiah, the servant is going to go out, start a renewal movement, and invite others to join him in spreading the good news of God's kingdom. But notice, the servant's reign is especially good news for the poor in Isaiah 61, for people who are not important or influential, for people who are sick or don't have access to the goods of life. These are the people that the servant focuses on. These are the places in society where renewal is most needed, and this is where God focuses his work. Notice also in Isaiah 61, as it goes on, that the restoration for the poor uses imagery that all comes from the Garden of Eden story. So just like God in Genesis 2 turned an uninhabited desert into a lush garden, so here God's going to create a new Eden, people 
who are restored by the servant become trees of righteousness who are planted by God. And there's this abundance of food and wealth and animals and plants springing up everywhere. And this whole package in Isaiah 61 is called God's blessing. So this all sounds really awesome, but what did it actually look like practically for Jesus and what could it look like today? How would we know if God was doing this kind of new garden planting thing in my neighborhood? Well, once again, let's look back at the mission of Jesus that was inspired by Isaiah chapter 61. Jesus traveled about from town to town, and he noticed people who were poor, who were sick, who were unimportant, and he announced that when God is the king of the world, people like that are noticed. And they're given the dignity they deserve as royal images of God. And so Jesus would provide for their needs. He would invite them into communities that were learning to live by his teachings. And then when Jesus would leave town, there were these groups of people who were left behind learning to care for each other in the name of Jesus because they believed that he actually was the world's true king. We live in a time when there is a lot of confusion about what God's people are supposed to even be doing in the world. And that's actually a complex set of debates and issues for lots of different reasons. But one thing that followers of Jesus across all of their disagreements that they should be able to agree on is this profile of the movement that Jesus started using the words of Isaiah 61. When you see people announcing that Jesus is the king of the world and expressing their loyalty to him through very practical acts of generosity and service, through advocating for people who are sick or non-influential, where people are noticed and invited into new relationships that bring hope and healing into their lives. This, apparently, is how God has been at work in the world for a very, very long time. And these are not the kinds of events that make headlines or grab the attention of world leaders, but Jesus never seemed to care about that kind of thing in the first place. What he did seem to care about was that his followers live as if he's the true king of the world, as they love God and love their neighbor and seek God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. What could this kind of good news look like and do in your life and in your community and in your family? May God give us wisdom to know what that is supposed to look like in our lives this week. Isaiah 61, 1 through 11. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and a day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. 
foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before the nations. Isaiah 61, 1-11 Now let's take some time to review. Jesus read from Isaiah 61 to describe what it looks like when the good news of his kingdom is at work in the world. What does it look like? The ignored are honored, the poor are fed, and the sick receive care. This is the kind of stuff that happens wherever followers of Jesus honor him as king. Let's reflect on this. I have three questions for you to consider today. Listen closely and press pause if you want more time. So here's our first question. Where do you think renewal is most needed in your part of the world? And now our second question. Imagine God's kingdom bringing renewal to that situation. What do you think it would look like? You and your community can partner with Jesus to revive this situation. And remember, small steps are significant. So no matter how small, what's one specific step you can take today to bring renewal? Thanks for joining us for today's reflection. Now in closing, let's pray together. Jesus, you are good. Wherever you are, you are spreading good news and doing good work. Thank you. We want to be with you where you are. We want to work alongside your spirit in this world. So give us courage. Give us energy, focus, and compassion to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, if you'd like to go deeper, we have an extended reflection on our website linked in the show notes below. There you can find additional resources like animated videos and even more reflection prompts. Check it out. All right, today's message was by Dr. Tim Mackey. Our show production was by Dan Gummel. Our scripture reading was by Michelle Jones. Our theme music by Grant William Harold. And I'm Shree Hayes, your host. Reflections is more than a podcast. It's a community of friends who are reflecting on the Bible all throughout the week. Friends like Christina. Hi, my name is Christina from Sheffield in the UK. I listen to Reflections on a Saturday morning uh, before the weekend begins. I love the focus that it gives me. Thanks, Christina. We love that you're a part of the Reflections community. And thanks for bringing me out of my small closet where I'm recording here. You brought me to where the birds are singing. Bible Project is a crowdfunded nonprofit. We provide free resources so we can all experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. Thank you. 